This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. Local productions seen on Delta College Public Media are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome to Junior Doan's The Spark. I'm Junior Doan and thank you for joining us. Today I'm here with Joseph Yezak, the Program Manager for Delta Broadcasting at Delta College. Welcome Joseph. As much as I've been around Delta and known and participated in Delta Broadcasting, I would like to hear you tell me about how big broadcasting from, or Delta Broadcasting is. Well, uh, we are a collection of both tel a television station and a radio station as well. A lot of people forget that we have our own radio station here on campus. Uh, but we have television, we have four channels. Way back in about 2003, I think we went digital. We were the first television station in the state to go digital, so we had four channels. Up to that time, you know, how you turned on channel 19 and all you got was one channel, channel 19. But now we have uh, four unique channels uh, that you can tune into with different variety of programming. So, uh, so we are a collection of educational programs on the TV side as well as news and information as well as music on the radio side as well. And how would someone new to the area tell about, uh, learn about which channel did what? Uh, well, mostly when you watch the channels, you kind of get an idea of the feel of each individual uh, television channel. Uh, when you're searching for what would be considered a PBS channel, what everyone grew up with, uh, that would be our main channel, our 19.1 channel. But then if you venture off and go into the other channels, you'll notice that we have a channel called uh, QTV Create, which is devoted to how-to programs, travel programs. Uh, we have a uh, QTV Kids channel, which is just what it says, children's programming 24-7. And then our last one, which is one of our newest programs, is uh, QTV World. So this is international news as well as international documentaries as well. And uh, for the parents tuning in, what is the channel number for the kids' uh, special channel? That is 19.4. It's actually my favorite channel. Why is it your favorite channel? Uh, I, I like children's programming. I've always done, growing up, I loved watching cartoons, and it's, when I went beyond that, 
it still continued. <laughs> I still right. watch cartoons. So, is it a different viewpoint than adult programming? Uh, a little bit. Uh, it, PBS is so great that they create programs that is great for kids and that you can learn from it, but they also incorporate a adult aspects into it. So parents can actually sit and watch the programs and learn a lot from it. They also have some inside jokes. Uh, I have to admit when Daniel Tiger, which is a, a recreation extension of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh. So they took Daniel Tiger, made him older, and he had a son. So it's an animated piece. So they're talking about more of the social aspects of it, which is great. It's, it's wonderful to learn everything about STEM, but there's still that social interaction, how to deal with emotions and what you're learning. Um, I have to admit that there was one episode where they dealt with the fear that children have about when you drop your child off at daycare, oh. mommy and daddy go, go back, go to work, but they always, but the song is like, um, was it, grown ups always come back. And mind you, my wife and I, probably very sleep deprived at the time. Yes. We started to snicker because it's like, are they telling the children that adults <laughs> are coming back or is it telling the adults, you have to come back to get your child. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So which can be tiring sometimes. Obviously parents want to come back and get their kids, but it's that that's an inside joke between my wife and I every time that we see that and hear that we just snicker because it's like, yeah, there's another way that you can look at these songs. Well, when our daughter was at school, at elementary school, someone did forget to pick up the child, yeah. and the principal <laughs> had to stay. I don't know how they resolved it, but anyway, you know, life happens, forget, who knows, you know, oh, yeah. a medical emergency. Anyway, besides that, so just as a, a side question, why didn't they just rerun Mr. Rogers? Well, one of the, pro actually, that has been a question that a lot of people have been asking. And uh, growing up, you know, I enjoyed Mr. Rogers to, to, a, to a certain point, but it's a slower paced show. Oh. And you know, a lot of kids today, everything, since the MTV generation, everything is a little bit more fast, is a, is more, is a more fast paced uh, oh. life and living. Um, the other thing, the, so they wanted to make it more relatable. Uh, the other issue that they had, and what a lot of people forget, uh, Mr. Rogers always looked at certain technology. Oh. And, you know, bringing out, here's a telephone with the rotary dial or the old copiers that you used to have in the 80s that doesn't even exist anymore. A lot of that you just can't run anymore. But the original concept of what Mr. Rogers is, that's what is important. It's important now. And to put it in the animation makes it so much better because now kids can relate to it a little bit. It now becomes timeless. And it was uh, approved by Mr. Rogers' widow. So um, oh. it's got the stamp of, of approval. So Does she look at every script? I don't know if she looks at every script, but they definitely does approve of the way that the series is going because it's still following carrying on the Mr. Rogers legacy. So. I see. Well, back to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so what got you interested in this kind of a field before you 
appeared here as our manager of Delta Broadcasting, where you, uh, 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 we should say that we had an earlier conversation about <laughs> what moves you more, music or the visual? Yeah, I, I was always wanted to do visuals. Um, I wanted to go into movies, actually. Yeah. And I, I got the interest from watching PBS, yeah. uh, and a pledge program of all things. Everyone always complains about pledge programming. But when I was nine years, eight or nine years old, uh, they, PBS did a uh, pledge program dealing with the making of The Dark Crystal. It's a Jim Henson production. And it just caught my attention, and I wanted to learn everything about it. And I was also a big Star Wars fan, and they would always, they also did a Star Wars documentary too, and I just ate it all up. And that grabbed my interest. So basically what I did is, when I was in high school, that's the path I wanted to go. I wanted to go into movies. And when I went into college is when cable really ballooned. Yeah. So it's like, oh, wow, that's great. I'll switch instead of making movies, going to more broadcasting field. I spent about 12 years working in commercial production. And one of the stops, I was in the programming department. And it's like, oh, well, that's something I would love to do one day. And I got the opportunity that the program manager position was open here at Delta about, about 14 years ago. And I applied, and I was hired. Barry Baker took a chance on me, and he saw something in me at that time. He's like, we'll give you a shot. Let's l see nice. how it goes. Nice. I and I think right now I'm the second longest running program manager here at the station. We've been here for over Compliment 50 years. You. And we've only had three program managers. What did you find that you knew that, w that would help in the job? And what, what really surprised you how to sort of pick up speed to learn? Uh, it was learning how the, the main thing, coming from commercial production, or uh, the commercial stations, uh, everything is pretty much set. Every day it's the same program. The one thing that I learned coming to PBS is Every day is basically different. There's some programs that are the same. All the same children's program happens. But as a programmer for a PBS station, you control everything. Like what is everything? Everything is in, we don't need to put nature on at 8 o'clock on Wednesday. If our viewers like it at 9 o'clock better, we have the luxury of doing that. Where the commercial stations, okay, this program has to air on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. You can't move it. It has to stay there. But we can change it. And if there's a local program that we wanted to create, uh, we, had a, we have a uh, live show on Tuesdays at 8. Um, we can put that in. We do have to follow some rules from PBS. They would like us to air certain programs on certain dates because when they go get underwriting nationally, oh, yes. they want to say, you're going to see nature on Wednesdays. So that helps to yes. pay the bills overall to help the stations because that's one of the funding sources is, is national underwriters. So, um, so we try to keep it on that particular day. But for the most part, there is a multiple amount of uh, commercial or programming sources that I pick programs from. So then I really listen to our viewers. So when they make their pledges and call and say, hey, I love this particular program or this type of program, that's the reason why they're there. 
A lot of people are at, keep asking me, why do we keep having Lawrence Welk on? Because when we make our pledges, people are still calling and making the donation. Now, they're a lot smaller these days, but they still believe in that show. And I look at us as we owe it to the, that audience. They put, they started this. They invested in it. And, you know, it's one hour a day, or one hour a week that, um, that we contribute to it. And, th and that particular program does cost an extra amount of money that we usually hmm. spend. So, but. Because you're buying it or renting it from whom? We are, rent we are purchasing it from Oklahoma. They own the rights to the Lawrence Welk Show. So Oklahoma PBS or Oklahoma commercial? Uh, there's a Oklahoma, it's not PBS, but it's another uh, production studio down in Oklahoma that has that right. So um, we deal with PBS. Uh, there's also American Public Television and Executive Program Services. So there's a large array. We purchase stuff that is um, a la carte. So it's like, oh, for X amount of dollars, you can get all these programs. But there are some others, other programs that would be considered syndicated programs that we have to pay above and beyond. And mostly that's our Saturday, Saturday night lineup hmm. between um, you know, Lawrence Welk, our British comedies, Red Green. You know, they're still there because people love it. I still get people calling and asking, why, why do you always have Mrs. Bucket on? Why is keeping up appearances on it? We've seen the same 52 episodes. <laughs> And it's like, because our viewers love it. I've tried changing it a couple times, and they're like, no, I, I want to see that episode. I want to see that series. So that's one nice of the Nice to have that kind of devotion. Yeah. And then what, what makes also unique with PBS, I just had this this past week. A viewer called and said, hey, there's a certain program, series that I saw that was on. Um, I don't see it at all. Do you know when it's going to be on? I'm like, hmm, well, let's see. It was because I get so many yeah. uh, program offers. It's like, well, let's see. Oh, yep, there's three. There's uh, an hour of each. What are you doing? How, what's, your, what's your schedule like on April in April at 7 p.m.? Are you available to watch a show? She's like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to put your show on for the next three weeks. Oh, she was thrilled. Oh, yeah. And really thrilled. Because I, I, have, to, I have to fill, fill that, and it's great when I get community reaction of a certain program. Now, I never knew that, that you welcome, or that even oh. people called to make requests or criticize deletions. Yeah. A, a lot of them we get the criti criticizing it, but it's great when we have some positive input. Another series was saved because um, I got a letter from somebody that says, hey, you know, uh, this particular program, I really like it, makes my week. And I'm like, because if I, if I don't get any feedback, I'm like, I don't know if people are enjoying it. Right. So I was going to take it off in March, but all of a sudden this, this gentleman says, I really like it. So I'm like, well, that's more feedback than I've gotten before. So if it makes his, his day, it's probably making other people's day as well. So I kept it in. Fabulous. So when they went to four channels, did not four times what the programming was before, but certainly some multiple of what right. before. What became the emphasis, or has that changed in the years you've been there, here? Uh, well, for the, the channels that I came in, at least the Create Channel and the Children's Channel was in place prior. So I've just expanded that as 
now that everybody can get all, all four channels. The, uh, our world channel was actually, it was an Annenberg. It was more of the learning, so classroom learning. And then all of a sudden Annenberg decided, okay, we're going to go by way of the web, so we're not going to broadcast anymore. So I'm like, okay, what do I now put what? in its place? Um, I found this uh, worldview. MHZ Worldview Channel, which was international news and documentaries, movies. Uh, so it's like, oh, that's perfect. You don't get that anywhere else. I think we have a very uh, international population here. Yes. So it's like, I think people would love it. And we had a great relationship until uh, November when all of a sudden they said, oh, yeah, we're canceling it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's now going to be web-based only. I'm like, okay, what do we replace it with? So. It's been a very stressful <laughs> few months. I, I hear that, and more and more. Yeah. You know, people abandon where they were in order to be wherever they think people are going. Right. But what's great is with World, um, it's always been in the back of my mind. It's, it, it was a right. similar type of a channel, and this was supported by PBS itself, where the other two channels was not PBS-based. I see. So there's a good bet that uh, World is going to be around for quite a while. Interesting. So people would go to World not for news necessarily, but for longer, longer discussions or uh, well, on-site visuals. Oh uh, yeah, you get all kinds of international documentaries on there, as well as they still have international news. We're losing the international movies aspects of it. That's the one bad thing. And a lot of people did enjoy uh, Magre and Montalbano, but unfortunately, those the rights probably were getting too expensive. So yeah. we weren't seeing it as often. So you're not showing movies, but you were at one time? Yeah, we were. Foreign film? Yeah, foreign films with subtitles. And oh, I really? There was a, that's interesting mm -hmm. to know. It doesn't bother me, but it does bother other people to have to read something. Yeah. And based on people that enjoyed, enjoyed watching international movies, PBS is offering up some other uh, international movies as well. So. I'm now putting that on the main channels. Usually it's Thursday evenings at about 10 p.m. So then, so there's more dramas that I put at that point. So once so again, it's hearing so people enjoy So you've moved that. into an entrepreneurial period where it's not only, you know, choosing which flower, but right. where are the flowers? Right. Right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so it, we, it's a lot of paying attention to what people enjoy, trying to match up to keep people watching through the entire night if that works. And once again, it goes, it goes back to listening to the viewers. So when they, when they get, leave messages or call me directly or send uh, letters about the programs that they enjoy, I try to keep, it in keep mind. the programs where they are. Because I know growing up, I expected- You depended on it. I expected right? a program being at a certain time certain week all the time. I didn't like change. This is what I was expecting. And um, luckily for the past 14 years, that's what people do as well. They, that's what they're expecting. So I try to keep it with that. So I keep at least keep the genre the same. I may change the program, but uh, at least the genre stays the same. What are you, your satisfactions in the job? Um, <laughs> my main one has always been every day is different. Uh, it's. I can come in thinking I'm going to be doing one part of the job. Next thing I know, I'm doing something completely different. So a lot of people, and even some of it when it comes to paperwork, paperwork is different sometimes each 
each day. But to create the schedule is, is wonderful. Uh, I'm also in charge of programming the radio station as well. So we just went to streaming. So we now are doing things 24-7 on the radio side. So now it's like, okay, what can I do to make the radio uh, schedule interesting as well to get people to listen? So uh, it's wonderful when people do listen and, and they like what's on. Um, if someone wanted to hear the program in the middle of the night on streaming, walk us through the steps that have to be taken for that person at home to hear it. Well, uh, there's actually two, right now there's two ways that you could do it. Number one, you go to deltabroadcasting.org and we have a listen live button. So you just click on that and whether your smart device or your uh, computer, you'll be able to hear it that way. Uh, we just got into smart speakers. So then all you have to do on whatever smart speaker you have, just ask for Delta College Public Radio, and then that will appear. So then you can listen to it that way. I have the first time I heard of it. That's fantastic. We're really new into the smart speakers. Uh, the streaming we just started this past October, October 2019. So we got the last piece of equipment we needed uh, in order to, to do that 24-7. So. Oh my goodness. So there's been a lot of change in the radio station over the past two, three years. Do you know enough about how far the territory is covered by uh, the, the television channel or the radio channel? What territory is, would you say is Delta's territory? Well, uh, luckily the TV and the radio, they pretty much cover the same uh, distance because actually they're on two different towers across the street from each other. But we go as far north as Tawa City. We can go as far west as past Mount Pleasant. To the south, radio once again, it's a little bit longer, but you can get yourself, get us all the way down to Ann Arbor to a certain extent. Really? That's far. <laughs> and I usually always say Lake Huron is the eastern border, but I have gotten a couple of emails from people in Canada that can, can get is us that as well. Right? So, so you, uh, the, the big thing I've learned is you solicit or welcome interactions with the mm -hmm. audience, and you listen. You pay attention to it, yeah. to, to the requests or the opposite. That's really nice to know. Yeah. I never knew, well, because I'm always about um, individuals. Let's listen to everybody and hear what they have to say. There may right. be some idea there. But sometimes, like in this, I obviously just view myself as a receiver, and I have no say. So. Right. That's big to know that it's close to its audience or wishes to be. Uh, that's one of the things that we strive for is that's, that's whenever we make our, our pledge pitch, whether it's radio or TV, that's one of the things we try to point out. It's what, when you make that, that pledge, you, are, you can talk to and communicate with the program manager who is right here in your community. You know, usually I say on the radio, People from e either coast are the ones that are making a lot of the decisions for a lot of the various stations. More stations are being bought up, like Sinclair yes. has a lot of stations all over the place, but what's being played in New York is the same as being played here in, in Michigan, whereas for your local PBS station, it's right here. Did you have any uh, adjustments to be made? Can you remember back when you moved with your wife or pre-wife uh, to this area from downstate? Uh, there wasn't too much of a change in this regards, 
because you know I always would come up to Birch Run to go shopping when I was little. So it's like I kind of knew this community yeah. really well. I went to college up in the UP. So I very much. Which, I, what, Northern Michigan? Northern Michigan. Oh, very good. So I was very familiar with the state. Uh, it, the culture shock was when I moved to uh, Montana. That, it was a slight culture shock. Luckily, I spent four years, five years in, in the UP. So that rural type community helped. Uh, but, but yeah, coming back here to the Great Lakes Bay region, it's similar to being at home for me. So what was different about being further out west? Uh, <laughs> the main thing was that people did not know about the Great Lakes. They didn't even know geographically that it was there? Uh, that it was a combination. Either they didn't realize it was there or the Great they didn't understand that the Great Lakes were really large lakes. Because I would always talk about it. And once again, it's like, oh, yeah, Great Lakes, you can't see the other side. And they're looking at me strangely. It's like, what? Yeah. So even though the one positive thing was uh, in Great Falls, Montana, where I was living, there was an Air Force base. So at least they knew about Euchre, which I, once again, I didn't really know it. It was such ingrained in, as a Michigan thing, because when, I, went, when yeah. I lived in Kentucky, they didn't know about Euchre. But Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> but in, in Montana, or at least the people I knew, they knew about Euchre because of the military, because of the Air Force. Do you have children? Uh, I do now. And do you train them up on Euchre? <laughs> no, no, no. My, uh, my, my wife isn't very good with Euchre. And unfortunately, we're only a three, so we always need a fourth. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. so what are your plans now, um, uh, and personal plans? I always found in my life the culture changes around me every seven years. So I was like getting a little message, you know, do I need to change my life or not? Uh, I don't know. I, I still enjoy, everything has been centered around my daughter these days. Uh, that's, that's the main focus. Uh, that's the one thing I do enjoy about Delta College. We're a family here. It's very family-oriented. So um, it's, I know there's other jobs and places where it's, you yeah. don't have the luxury of um, adjustments. But luckily here we, we do. So that's always wonderful. Thank you. So we've learned a great deal uh, more about the station than I knew before, which was basically that it's, radio and four channels TV, and more importantly than any of that is Joseph's very receptive to your thoughts, what you like, request, or even don't like, express. That's very nice. He's a very good manager because of that, in my opinion. Also, we found out that he's entrepreneurial. He said a few times, every day is different. And for some people, that's good. And for some people, it's not good. So know who you are. The other thing is that um, I think that, as he said earlier, he relishes very early television, visuals, you know, he's drawn to movies. Ask yourself what your passion is, look for it, get the right training, and maybe you can do it. And the other thing I want to say is his amiable <laughs> personality. That's very nice in a high-stress job. And more importantly, he likes it. He feels satisfied by it. So I remind you, A, thank you for tuning in. B, go out and do something nice for someone you know and someone you don't know and do it again next week. And I'm adding to that. Be generous, be kind, and smile.
People need some smile, especially in the dead of winter. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> Thank you. To contact Junia, send her an email at juniadonesthespark at gmail.com. For more information, program schedules, and news about future guests, go to www.juniadonethespark.com. Thank you for joining us. See you next time on Junia Dones The Spark. Local productions seen on Delta College Public Media are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation.